Georgia Criminal Law Podcast. This is Ryan Brown of J. Ryan Brown Law, LLC, and I am here with a new co-host and new sponsor of the podcast, uh, Mr. Charlie Cobble of the uh, Charles Hudson Cobble Law Firm, I believe is correct. I'll let him correct that. That's right. It's Charlie Cobble here with the uh, uh, Cobble Law Firm, uh, and happy to... We got sirens in the background. Uh, yeah. I hope everybody's safe. I hope they're not coming for us, Ryan. That's right. So, uh, you know, we've done. I had done six episodes of this podcast and and fell off, uh, given the regularity. And in searching for someone to hold me accountable to make sure we're producing uh, the best content possible for the people who are consuming this and the public of Coweta County in the West Georgia area, I've brought on uh, you, Charlie, as a co-host and a co-sponsor of this podcast. And I, I think we're going to look to be putting out some regular content here on a regular basis, you know, in probably the, the 10 to 15 minute range usually to try to provide some useful content uh, for the, the consumers. And the important thing, Ryan, is uh, I think that's certainly the goal. We want to get useful information out there. I know I get calls uh, all the time about, I think, a subject we're going to get into today, expungement or record restriction. And, you know, a lot of times, uh, that's all they are is calls, and I can guide people in the right direction, but we want to get you the information so you know whether or not you need an attorney, whether or not, you know, you can do anything to, uh, you know, restrict your record or, um, you know, seal your record or all those kind of things. There's a lot of words that float around out there. I don't know what words that you use or yeah. what you hear, Ryan, but... No, that's right. Uh, so, that that is today's topic is, you know, I'll label it restriction and sealing of records, if you will, but you hear expungement, you hear get off my record, can employers see this, can background checks see this, that's kind of the thing we're talking about today, and in particular, I think the plan is we're going to dive into two specific scenarios. One is where someone is charged with a crime and it's later dismissed, uh, and I think Charlie's going to tackle that that topic on head on and I'll let him clarify exactly uh, where he's going with that and then I will talk about if someone is charged with a crime uh, who has no criminal history and ends up entering a plea under first offender what can be done to seal their records and protect their uh, their privacy going forward from that and I think in both instances Ryan the the goal of the law and the new laws uh, really the laws that came in and probably uh, used the word restriction and that's probably the best word uh, I don't know that expungement is ever going to leave people's vocabulary, but in terms of record restriction, I think uh, the goal and the intent of the law seems to be, uh, whether it's under first offender or a dismissal, seems to be uh, to essentially once uh, the court proceeding the case is concluded through first offender, uh, you know, successful completion or through a dismissal, um, the law um, intends to provide a mechanism so that uh, you won't be disqualified from employment or otherwise have suffer negative consequences, um, you know, on a day-to-day basis because um, you were accused of something or you made a mistake that, um, you know, you want to put behind you and move on with your life. So let's talk about that in detail. Let's say that I'm charged with a, um, you want to do a misdemeanor or a felony? What, what am I charged with? Why not both? Okay, so let's say I'm charged with a, uh, a misdemeanor disorderly conduct and a... Um, felony assault. Death by receiving Death of by a firearm. Receiving. That's right. So I was disorderly. I was arrested. And when I was arrested, the cops found on my person a firearm and it came back stolen. Okay. Um, and therefore, I was charged with theft by receiving that, that firearm, uh, which is a felony here in Georgia, regardless of how much the firearm's worth. So 
upon investigation, uh, the and you being the great lawyer, you get the case dismissed, right? I was formally charged. I was indicted by a grand jury. Um, and, however, after that, through your legal work, the case was dismissed. You know, the, the state couldn't prove intent, nor was there any intent. It doesn't really matter. Um, but the case is dismissed. Um, but, you know, probably after several months of uh, hard work and pleading and, and other uh, – um, you know, diligent efforts that, that we have to take on in order to, to gain justice. The case is dismissed, uh, also known as NALPROS, the actual order the judge signed. It's called a NALPROSECUE. I don't know how you say it, Ryan. But we call it I, NAL, I never get to the second yeah, half. NALPROS. I'll say it real yeah. southern real quick. Yeah. Um, or, or dismissal. And, uh, you know, there, there are some mechanisms where they, the prosecutor can prevent a record restriction, but for the most part, uh, most dismissals of, of that nature will be eligible for record restriction, um, it's a little bit different than if it was first offender. Uh, you know, if the it's best to make sure that the dismissal um, notes on it specifically um, with record restriction, even citing the statute. I've, I've done that and try to do that whenever we can. It was the prosecutor that's, that's generating this order and presenting it, so um, it's delicate. Um, it sometimes if the order uh, stands silent and they don't enter a specific non-prompts or dismissal with language uh, intended to keep you from restricting your record, then it will be restricted anyways. But the best practice is to have uh, restriction listed on the order. What, it, what does that mean for me? Uh, does, does that mean no one will ever see it absolutely 100% guaranteed? Well, let's assume that we've gotten, uh, you know, we've gotten the order written up to a T so we know exactly what the intent is, that there, that there be record restriction. What does that mean? Well, uh, in the state of Georgia, pretty much all uh, you know, misdemeanors, felonies, crimes in general, they take place in all kinds of different courts, superior courts, municipal courts, state courts, and each one of those courts has their own clerk, which are all different. But each, you know, what are, I don't know, thousands probably of different courts and clerks um, that handle the administrative paperwork associated with... We've got 159 counties, not to mention the superior and state courts among those, and then every almost every municipality with a court, you know, you're dealing with... Yeah, maybe. I'm, I'm gonna stand. Yeah, I'm gonna stand by that thousands uh, prediction. But it's, you know, there is one uniform, uh, I guess, kind of, uh, um, uh, I guess, database or agency that is, you know, in charge of uh, pretty much cataloging and uh, disseminating or being responsible for each individual uh, person's Georgia criminal history and. Each one of these clerks is responsible for... And that's the GBI that maintains that, yes, is that right? Yes, and it's the people often you might have heard of GCIC, the Georgia Crime Information Center. Each clerk's office, no matter which, you know, whether it's a superior, state, municipal, uh, probate court, it, there's a criminal case, they're responsible to transmit the information, communicate what happened in court, essentially, um, up to the Georgia Crime Information Center. And with record restriction, it'll be keyed in a certain way, and when someone goes, if you go to the, the typical way and the, and the proper way to run a criminal history in, in Georgia is through GCIC. You go to a sheriff's office. Um, you can do it personally. You, you may have done it before to get your uh, concealed carry license. You get your fingerprints run, and you get your official Georgia Crime Information Center GCIC criminal history. Now, my understanding is that there's, and I hate to interrupt here, there's different levels of GCICs, right? Like a, uh, a, a law enforcement officer is always going to be able to have almost unrestricted access to a to a criminal history whereas uh, other people may have a more limited access is that you... a absolutely and it can be confusing i'm glad you brought that up if you if you have your record properly restricted the clerk of whatever court properly transmits the restriction up to gcic then when you go to get your uh, criminal history run at the you know sheriff's office of the county you live in 
you'll essentially have two things come back. Your, um, your public uh, criminal history, one that any employer or anybody like that would run and should run. It's probably the only, you know, what would be considered reliable uh, uh, criminal history uh, in those situations will come back no record found, assuming this is the only thing you have, uh, only, you know, criminal charge you have or arrest in your, in your history will come back no record found. Um, or at least, if anything, if you have anything else, it'll come back, and it'll, there'll be no mention of the arrest for this stolen, uh, like yeah. the stolen firearm, and any other associated charges. However, if it's done through the criminal a criminal justice check, then it'll come back just as it is. It'll show the arrest. Now, it'll show it, what happened. You talking about if a, uh, when you say criminal justice check, you mean if a if it's a law enforcement agency running the report? Is that correct? Correct. Law enforcement agency. Um, you know, uh, typically, and, and I think they distinguish it by calling it. Uh, you know, criminal justice and then non-criminal justice, public, non-public, but uh, record restriction uh, prevents it from even showing up otherwise. So you kind of can look side by side and see what uh, the, uh, the you know, criminal justice history looks like and then what the record restriction actually does for you because that's what any potential employer or anybody who's using a reliable background check will, information that they will get. Uh, and even if you, even if anyone that's um, trying to verify um, uh, you know, something so, they find on the Google, a mugshot yeah. or charges or something like that. So, the only way to verify it is to, is to get the GCIC, so ultimately it'll come back with no record found unless it's a law enforcement agency running the check. So three things. One, we just had some te- technical difficulties. We all make mistakes. Sorry. Second is... It's an imperfect world. You brought something up about the Google searches, et cetera, that it interests me. Uh, you know, in the world that we live in, in the state of technology... Is there a world where I'm ever going to be, that arrest that I dealt with is ever going to be completely unavailable to the public, to employers, whatever, whether it be through a Google search or, or something? Like, you know, I, I find it hard to believe that a record restriction will completely seal everything available to the public. I mean, it, it, I worry about, you know, with artificial intelligence, the, uh, companies being able to crawl clerks' websites and accessing files. I mean, is that, is that a real concern? Well, you know, that doesn't mean that there's something we can do to prevent that. I'm just saying, I, is it a concern for the public going forward and something that maybe the lawmakers need to look into? You know, I mean, I think the expectation is that you cannot uh, completely, with the Internet and just the, the cloud and all the, the stores of information and data these days, you can never completely erase something that happened that is as documented as an arrest, a court prosecution, et cetera, and so on. But what we can do, Ryan, and what we want to make sure we give the the people uh, the information about is, is how the law can help you best, uh, you know, protect yourself and your future going forward. Because you were exonerated, and we can't, you know, you can't go back in a time machine and erase the Internet. <laughs> yeah. But uh, there are certain things that the law provides. There are mechanisms and there's ways within the same restriction to to seal the clerk records so that what, what I find is some of the better and more accessible clerk's offices that we have in the state of Georgia are, are much easier to pull this information off of and therefore, you know, some of these... Sealing well, is, can go a long way. Uh, sealing can prevent it from being found in a, uh, you know, uh, a public database search or, yeah. or a public person could not go to the clerk's office and find any information about you being charged with that by receiving a firearm because the judge has signed an order sealing it. So, so you, let, seal is a good word, because that's what I want to talk about is sealing. Anything else you want to add about an, uh, a case that's dismissed? Typically, there's also one other uh, you know, potential way that this information comes up, and it really doesn't matter whether or not the official criminal history is coming up clean or not uh, in restriction. If 
employers or, or where you want to work is finding out about what's you know your past or the past allegations because of a Google search or because they're getting the information about the arrest from the local law enforcement agency, you want to make sure you're protected there too. With yeah. record restriction, there's supposed to be notice to the law enforcement agency for them to uh, seal, uh, you know, booking photos, fingerprints, mm-hmm. uh, arrest warrants, such that they're not subject to what we so often rely on when we investigate public records or yeah. open records requests, um, and such that when someone does an open records request for, you know, your arrest for theft by receiving a firearm, nothing would come back as if it didn't happen with the arresting agency that, uh, you Conduct- know, that charged you with that. Yeah. So, so let's switch roles here a little bit and say that, you know, somebody that the facts of the case were a little different, okay? And uh, the, the, someone needs to enter a, because of the facts, the evidence, or the whatever it may be, someone decides to enter a plea or is convict, convicted of a crime, and they are sentenced under the First Offender Act. Okay. And, and it could it could even be the same set of facts. Yep. It could just be a, a personal decision that the, uh, that the a, client makes that, that they want to avail themselves to first offenders. It's a great opportunity. Yep. And we have a separate podcast on, on first offender and, and more of the details on that. The gist of it is that if you successfully complete your term of your sentence, then you're you're not a felon, right? Uh, which, there is no conviction. There's no conviction, et cetera. However, a lot of people, their main concern is, I want to remain, I want to remain employed. I don't want this to show up on my background checks. What are my options? So back in, I believe it was 2017, the Georgia legislature passed a new law that allows, that, that specifically allows for people who are on uh, uh, sentenced under first offender to seal their records, literally directing the clerk to put those papers in a manila folder and tape it up, you know, to seal them. And there's something important that goes into that, and, and I'll let Charlie add if he has anything, but when the, the plea is taken or when you are sentenced under first offender, there's a motion, and most judges require this to be a written motion. Uh, in state-level criminal practice, a lot of it's informal and done orally. However, in my experience, i found that judges want this particular motion to be filed in writing, in the record, um, with the proposed order you know, available for the judge. And the, 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 the law provides that if you can show the court that the defendant, the person being sentenced, that it is their interest in privacy, the, that their right to live a life unencumbered by this record being available, if that interest is greater than the public's interest in having this record available to them, then the court will sign an order and it will order the clerk and the arresting agencies, GCIC, to seal your record and prevent it from being public. Even while you're still on probation. That's right. And that's even while before the case is over. Because yeah. before that, a lot of prop time we were running into, people were getting lengthy uh, sentences, 10 years probation, where, yes, when the sentence was over, they would not be a felon. And even while the sentence, while they were under sentence, they wouldn't be a felon. However, they didn't get the benefit of the discharge until the case was over. And, you know, you got all those probation fees and maybe fine money to pay off. You need to be able to get a job, and it's much yeah. easier to get a job when your arrest record has been sealed. That's right. Before the 2017 change of the law, the way that your GCIC would read um, during that period of probation is there would be an arrest, and it would say withheld, essentially uh, adjudication withheld. So it wouldn't show as a conviction, but it would just be this permanent state of, uh, yeah. uh, you know, flux. And, that, and I'll ask Charlie this, but, and it's always done in consult with the client, but... I think any any at this point, given the state of the law, any plea that us as lawyers and counselors to our clients, any time we're, you know, assisting a client through a plea under first offender, 
we need to be requesting that record restriction. Extremely important what you said in a word you used earlier. It allows for, the new law in 2017 allows for a judge to sign an order sealing. And I think the written motion order is imperative once again, just because, not only because judges prefer it, because when you talk about transmitting it, if the order is granted, the clerk needs to be able to transmit it. And I think you probably know the experience when the law changes, it's usually the administrative process that, that catches yeah. up the, uh, the latest. So uh, sometimes, uh, you know, you need that in writing, uh, directing them exactly what they're supposed to do, how it should be transmitted to GCIC, the Georgia Crime Information Center. And, uh, you know, judges will make whatever determination they want, but it's the old, old age-old adage, um, you're never going to get it unless you don't ask. So the law allows for it, and it needs to be requested um, anytime it can. Uh, uh, the benefit of having it sealed during the period of probation is just tremendous, and it's, yeah. a, it's a great and we run advance the same, in the law. And we run, this, we run the same risk as we talked about in the other scenario with the dismissal in that given the state of technology, it's hard for us to guarantee that some some algorithm that's you know searching Google 24-7 can't find a newspaper article or something. But it's important to take every safeguard that you can, and right now this is the best one available, and you need to be having that discussion with your attorney about making sure that your record is sealed before a first offender pleas. It's really like a three-part process. You want a arresting law enforcement agency. They have records that could be publicly available. Number two, you've got uh, the clerk's office that keeps records, and you have to have those sealed or they're searchable, and the more accessible and online they are, the more uh, likely they are to end up in some, uh, you know, probably privately run, you know, background checker, whether it's been verified or, you know, people finder, truth finder, whatever it is that, you know, every time you Google somebody's name, whatever comes up 10 times yep. in a row. And then number three, um, you know, the granddaddy of them all, Georgia Crime Information Center, GCIC. And I'll say that it, it's important, and you want to make sure you have all those things that, that the law allows um, you've taken all efforts to make sure your record's been sealed, restricted on all those levels, because when someone does Google it and they find, you know, suspicion that you may have been charged with this or charged with that or so- something on there that leads them in to looking a little further, it will never be able to be confirmed by any official documentation if it can't be pulled from the local law enforcement agency, if it can't be pulled from the clerk's office, or if it doesn't show up on the GCIC. That's so right. whatever's out there, you know, if, if the uh, you know horse is out of the barn. You know, you can at least shut the gate and make sure the rest of them don't escape, and you're never going to be able to uh, confirm anything you find on there if if the law has been, you know, yeah, properly, Charlie, we, we, uh, we, properly, uh, you know. We got about a minute left here um, before we're up against the 20 minute mark, which is kind of what we're shooting for on a time frame on these. I think. Uh, any last thoughts on this, other than you know, it's important to have that discussion with your attorney to make sure your records are, you know, as as sealed as we can possibly get them. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's, uh, I'll say this, it can be confusing. It's a lot to wrap your head around. Uh, so, you know, it's often helpful to reach out to an attorney. Even the Georgia Justice Project is doing some great work yeah, on it, too. They, they and do a great and their job website the uh, has been a tremendous resource for me at, at, me, at, me at, the, well. co- at the Cabo Law Firm. So check, you know, check out the Georgia Justice Project. It's and where, a, it's and where, a do we, uh, where do we find you? You are now a co-sponsor of the podcast and will be participating. So give the... Uh, how do they get in touch with you, Charlie? Cobble Law Firm, uh, C-A-U-B-L-E uh, dot com. And, uh, you know, office in downtown Noonan, uh, Georgia. Um, but, you know, type in uh, Charles Cobble, C-A-U-B-L-E. I haven't changed my name to C-O-B-B-L-E yet, Ryan. But put it in the Google, and if I don't pop up, then uh, I'm not doing my job. Now, same here. Uh, J. Ryan Brown Law. Google it. Uh, Ryan Brown. 
uh, right here in downtown Noonan, a couple blocks away from Charlie. We look forward to being back with you hopefully next week with some more information, topic to be determined. But we're looking forward to giving some good content, uh, maybe even getting some guests on the show um, and going from there. Uh, with that said, it's been great to be here. Uh, uh, look forward to the next episode. Uh, we'll talk to you next week.